Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about upcoming events, our online store, how to donate, the podcast, daily devotionals, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's study in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 called Identity Crisis. Our destiny should help us to live for today. One writer says, The destiny of, a, of redeemed men and women to one day be higher than the angels and even to judge them must greatly annoy a certain high angel. He did not want to serve an inferior creature now and did not want that inferior creature to be raised up even higher th- than he. So he rebelled against God. This is Satan and is determined to keep as much of humanity as possible from sitting in judgment of himself. We can imagine the perverse, proud pleasure Satan takes over every soul that ends up in hell, saying something like this, they won't sit in judgment over me. Close quote. This is a radical view of who you are, isn't it? Much different than maybe the modern mentality that, yeah, I go to church on Sundays and that's about it. No, this is your identity. This is who you are in Jesus. This is your future. And so Paul says in light of that, uh, ESV in verse 4, so if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? If this is who you are, even if you have some disputes, why bring them to this public forum before unbelievers. I say this to your shame. Earlier in 4.14, Paul says, I don't write to shame you, but this time he says, I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not among you one wise man? Remember, in Corinth, in the Greek mind, wisdom was the essential thing. They, they are proud about their wisdom. And Paul says, ironically, don't you have one wise person around who's able to decide or judge or settle between brothers? Don't you have one? But brother goes to law or to court with brother, and that before unbelievers. Can you imagine you're in the courtroom hammering it out? Let's say the verdict goes your way. You get $200 for your broken lawnmower. Yes! Let's say you're leaving the courtroom and you say, hey judge, by the way, I I go to Living Truth. If you ever want to come by and learn about the hope and love of the gospel of Jesus Christ, here's an invitation card. Please don't do that. (laughs) Please, take the bumper sticker off your car. Because it's sending a mixed message that here we are a redeemed community, but we can't even forgive one another over silly, petty things. Do you see the inconsistency, the incongruity of the message? It's a mixed message being sent to the culture. And it would be easy to point our finger at Corinth in the first century until we back up and ask some questions about Corona right now and go, wait a minute, do I do that? Do I do that in my marriage, in my friendships, in maybe in my business, or maybe there's a more direct application? The word brother, verse 6, is used 39 times in this letter. We're family. Family squabbles are tough. But Paul says, You should be able to take care of these things. Can't you sit down with one another? Couldn't you, maybe if you need a third party, a mediator, couldn't you ask a wise leader in the church to sit down with you and hash it out? 
and figure out the lawnmower thing <laughs> or whatever it may be? That's what Paul's saying. So he says, actually then, verse 7, it is already a defeat for you that you have lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded or cheated or robbed? What are you talking about, Jesus? I can feel it in the room. I wrote it in my notes. What? What do you mean, why not rather suffer the wrong? I'm not going to let anybody get away with that. I'm not going to let somebody get the upper hand. Can you imagine someone going out of the court? Let's say that they, they won the court case and they're feeling good. Yeah, I won. I'm the winner. Paul says, no. You lost. It was a spiritual loss. Oh, maybe, maybe you won some money. Maybe you got the award from the judge, but let me tell you, put it in the loss column. It's not a win. It's a loss. You ready? Buckle your seatbelt now. You get in an argument with your spouse. Some of you put on your lawyer hat. Well, let me tell you something. You go to your list, and, and let's say that you win the argument, and maybe you're feeling pretty good for a moment. Can I just say to you right now, you lost. And you will find out in the coming days how much you lost. As she indicates that you will now be sleeping with a furry creature in the backyard. <laughs> but, I, but I won! I, I won! I won! You did? I, I don't think you did. Yeah. I think you lost. Can I say to you this? What do you think heaven's verdict is on some of the spats that Christians get into? When the Lord looks from heaven and watches a church divide, and you know, the, the enemy, Satan, is a divider. He loves to divide and conquer, or divide and destroy. What do you think heaven's verdict is? Do you know that as a Christian, that's all that really should matter? It would be better in heaven's eyes if you just suffered the wrong. I can't do that. I feel my pride. I, I feel myself saying, no way! Uh-uh! And it could be our insecurities. It could be that maybe we just don't realize who we are. You see, sometimes we've put wins when they should belong in the loss category. And that's what Paul is saying. You may have won a little sum of money. Maybe you feel good because you feel like that person wronged you. But in heaven's eyes and in your witness, you're testifying to this Corinthian community, you lost, man. Who's going to want to go there now? The evidence is that the Corinthian church was not a big church, but you can see the influence. Everyone lost spiritually when this happened. Why not suffer the wrong? You see, this is what it means to live out our gospel identity. The gospel of Jesus Christ is all about our Lord suffering for our wrongs. The wrongs that we have done and the wrongs done to us were nailed there that day, there at the cross. He's left an example that we should follow in his footsteps, 1 Peter 2.23. We might say, they're going to pay for this. 
And the Lord would say, no, I paid for that. You see, what we're being called to is something very high. Can you see it? We're being called to be more like Jesus. We're being called to allow things that in the big picture don't really matter and say love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, this does not mean that in the Bible we don't deal with people, we don't deal with truth. The previous chapter, Paul says you need to deal with this person in love if they're going the wrong way. But ultimately, in the little petty things, we live in the upside-down kingdom. The family of God is to be a forgiving community. Paul's words come from Jesus in Luke 6.29. Jesus says, Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other one also. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks you. And whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. I think most broken relationships can find at their root unforgiveness. It's the major killer of marriages, the major divider in churches. But where there is love, the devil has no opportunity. The devil thrives in the atmosphere of pride. And many, many times, I'll say this, I've opened the door for him. And let him get a foothold in the things that should be most important to me. How about you? Well, the Word of God was given to us to change us, and love is the tie that binds. So in Colossians 3.14, Paul says, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Jesus prayed before He died on the cross, Father, perfect them in unity that the world may know that You sent the Son. And so Paul says, why not suffer the wrong? That's the Gospel. On the contrary, you yourselves wrong and defraud, verse 8, and that your brethren. And then the last verses. Do you not know, another do you not know, that the unrighteous, the category that we saw in verse 1 of unbelievers not having the righteousness of Christ, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These I would take as behaviors of the unrighteous. Sometimes they are identified. This is their identity. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's sexually immoral, heterosexuals, idolaters, which often had to do with uh, sex practices before an idol. These are all sexual in verse 9. Adulterers, that's someone who cheats on their spouse. Nor the effeminate, that is male prostitutes nor homosexuals, ESV, men who practice homosexuality. These are all expressions of the life of an unbeliever. Nor thieves, nor the covetous, which is the greedy. That certainly could apply to these court cases. Nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. I think there's ten categories in verses 9 and 10 shall inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. He's saying, essentially, you are taking these cases before people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And these are the behaviors that often reflect them. And they even find their identity in these behaviors. Hello, my name is Lori, and I'm from Corona, California. You're listening to Walk in Truth Radio. 
Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Nor the covetous, which is the greedy. That certainly could apply to these court cases. Nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. I think there's 10 categories in verses 9 and 10 shall inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. He's saying, essentially, you are taking these cases before people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And these are the behaviors that often reflect them. And they even find their identity in these behaviors. And such, keyword, were some of you. But you were what? You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. I could feel Paul saying something like this. Don't you know who you are? That's who you used to be. Now you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Praise God that God washed me in the blood of His Son because I needed a good washing. Amen. I heard David Rosales, he, is, he was talking to somebody and you know, they were taking exception to what he was saying about Jesus and stuff. And he said that the person said to him, you Christians are brainwashed. You're brainwashed. And he said, well... I had dirty old brains. They needed a good washing anyway. (laughs) See, we've been washed. We have the righteousness of Jesus. This is who we were. But we were washed, notice, sanctified. These are all pieces of the overall redemption. Set apart, justified. It's unusual that justified comes after sanctified, but I think for Paul here, he sees it as one work of God in our lives. Justification means God sees us just as if we've never sinned. In fact, in the courtroom of God, we've been declared righteous. Praise God. Because the Son took our wrongs and nailed them to the cross, though He was innocent. Paul's saying, do you see? This is your identity now. Jesus suffered the wrong. Our identity is no longer in our sin. It's in our Savior. That's our status. 
In light of that, we need to stop crucifying our family in the court of public opinion, other believers, treating others with coldness or contempt. Have you been building your case against somebody? Do you have your file? Oh, I'm going to add something else today. There it is. I'll put it neatly into the folder. Could I tell you? Close the case. Burn the file. I'm talking about petty stuff now. I'm talking about the stuff that we all realize we need to let go and let it be nailed to the cross and let love cover a multitude of sins. You see, you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. David said, wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Revelation 1.5 says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he's made us a kingdom of priests to our God. Imagine a courtroom scene for a moment. There you are, you walk in on Judgment Day and they have a DVD. One of the angels, one of the good angels has a DVD of your entire life. Everything you've done from the time you were born to the time you stand before God. Not only what you did, but what you thought and what you failed to do. It's all on the DVD. For me, I'm trying to negotiate with that angel. Because they have one of those heavenly DVD players. A huge screen. And they're going to play everything I've done and weigh it against the, just the Ten Commandments. Just the top ten. Not the 613 commandments and subcommandments. Just the top ten. And the video begins to play and the angel will not allow me to negotiate. So I'm trying to tackle him. Please, no, no don't show that. When I was seven. Oh, I, I remember. Oh, teenage years. Oh, please. No. Twenties. No. <laughs> please don't show that. Pause, 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 pause. Please. Well, it wouldn't take long, I would imagine, for all of us for the gavel to come down. Guilty. Hang your head. Imagine you look up and there's a huge mahogany bench and there's God in a flowing gown with a gavel of justice. Ten commandments behind Him. It's still legal in heaven to post the Ten Commandments behind. <laughs> the, still. Anyway. So, so, you know you're guilty. They stopped the video when you were four. <laughs> That's enough. Case closed. Open and shut case, baby. Imagine you look up and God, the Holy One of the universe, takes off the gown, lays down his, his uh, gavel, comes down from the mahogany bench, walks up to you amidst all the angels and all the saints of old and says to you, yeah, you're guilty. But you know what? I'm going to pay your fine. Imagine for a moment if you watched them handcuff the judge and lead him away to be executed for your crimes. Well, that's incredible. Why? Why, why would the judge pay my debt? Why would he pay my fine? Why would he satisfy the debt I deserve. But do you know that that is the Gospel? That's what God did. The Judge of the universe, the Holy One, who spoke the universe into existence, left His abode in heaven 
took the gallon off, if you will, laid down the gavel and went to the cross for me. Even a thief, he said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Any one of you, all of us, and I know the room is filled with Christians, this is, this is what we, we preach. Anyone can be forgiven. Anyone. Of everything, anything and everything that you've ever done, the worst of the worst things that you could imagine, and we put more emphasis on this list of 10 things. We think some things are worse than others. But look to Paul, sin is sin. Right? And the issue is whether or not you know the Redeemer. Whether or not you've appropriated or received the sin debt that he paid in full at the cross. You've got to say yes to him. You've got to repent of your sin and put your trust in the finished work that the judge accomplished for you at the cross of Calvary. That is how you get saved. And you will not come in any other way. Without his righteousness, you're going to stand before that bar of justice and maybe that DVD video story ain't so uh, made up because he's going to judge you by the law. And believe me, you don't want to face God cloaked in your sin. But if you come in through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, here's the message. Paid in full. Enter into the joy of your master. You say, how? How could it be? Because God so loved us. Us. Those of us in this room who have made our share of mistakes and committed our sins. Amen. He so loved me while I was yet a sinner in rebellion. God loved me so much that Christ died. And Jesus saves us from the wrath to come. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. And this was the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 called Identity Crisis. Hey, we want to say thank you so much to the new financial partners for joining us in our mission to broadcast on more radio stations and to do more free apologetic teaching events. Our need of $3,000 a month for next year is now down to 2660 thanks to eight new monthly commitments. We've had some one-time donors too, and we're really grateful because that helped out our overall budget. I want to make it clear that we're not saying help us or we'll disappear from the radio station. The Lord and our existing partners have made it possible to be on this awesome station. Hello, my name is Lori, and I'm from Corona, California. And I listen because of Pastor Michael and his teaching, the Bible verse by verse. And I'm a Walk Together partner because I want this to go across the byways and the highways. And I want all people to know the Lord. We're asking for a new partnership with you. If we can now get 89 more listeners to commit to giving at least $30 a month, we can reach our goal and join more radio stations and do more events to reach the community. And did we mention that some of those stations are secular ones? We want to reach people that might not have even heard the gospel before. So please commit what you can. Please click the donate button on walkintruth.com. Our goal is still to reach $2,660 a month before the end of the year so we can get rolling on our plans. So please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, happy almost Thanksgiving. And hey, you know, when you think about Thanksgiving, the Bible says we should give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. 
If you're wondering what God's will for your life is, one thing that he wants for us is to be a thankful people. And you know, a lot of the time we can focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And I can be the same as everyone else, guilty as charged, focusing on what I don't have instead of on what I do have. Oh, Lord, help me. Maybe you can pray that same thing this week. Oh, Lord, help me to focus on what I do have. I have every blessing in Christ Jesus, just to start off with, plus all the additional frosting on the cake, so to speak. We have much to be grateful for. So I want to encourage you to have a grateful attitude, a thankful attitude. And one way to express that is write a note to somebody this week. Send a text and say, hey, I am grateful for you being in my life. I love you. Maybe share a scripture with them. That would be a great way to keep the focus off of what you don't have and on the people in your life, what you do have. Hey, um, there's no Wednesday night service this week at Living Truth. Just a reminder, because of the holiday, we do have services on Sunday at 9 and 11, 15 a.m., and we would love for you to join us. We are kicking off the Advent season at Living Truth, and we are going to be sharing in a Christmas prophecy from the book of Micah about the little town of Bethlehem. But there's so much more. And it would be a great Sunday for you to join us at Living Truth, 9 and 11, 15 a.m. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way. We'd love for you to join us for a Christmas service. You can download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for that red logo with the pillars. Download it today and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless you. We'll talk to you then. Tune in tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 about what sexual immorality is. The teaching is called Your Body is Temple. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.